0: Welcome to Wired AF. You're listening to the final episode of the year. This is our Season 1 wrap-up where we get ready for Season 2. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm Brandon. I'm a weightlifter, a nutritionist and the head coach at Acardi Fitness. I'm joined by Steph.
1: I'm Steph. I'm an osteopath and a Pilates instructor.
0: Hopefully you guys enjoyed last week's episode where Josh did the intro and we talked an hour about the sleep book. We could
1: have talked for so long on that episode. Like, We had so much information and we were just like... Wow, we should really wrap this up sometime soon because yeah, we just had so much to talk about.
0: If we if we do future book club episodes, it'll be really interesting for you guys to listen in and, and see how when you read the book yourself, there'll be so many things that each of us picks up differently mm. and you know, we'll we'll talk more about book club later, but you know, I really encourage everyone to read that book because there'll be things that we didn't mention and you'll go, Oh, why didn't we mention that? Because different things will be important to you. So yeah. that that's that. On the topic of book club, we may as well well talk about next year's books. We've got a whole
1: list planned of all the books we want to read. So we've been, um, we've been, this has been something we really wanted to work on because we both want to read more. So this is such a great way for us to read more and then also hopefully to motivate, motivate you guys to read more as well. So our list of books that we want to do for book club next year, we've got six books. We don't know what date we're going to do them all yet, but we're planning on doing them sporadically throughout the year. So we've got atomic habits, Eat like the animals, Homo Deus, Deus. I
0: think it's Homo Deus. Homo Deus.
1: (laughs) I can never pronounce it. Homo Deus. Breathe, Champions Mind, and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So we're going to be reading those books. How do we?
0: How do we come up with what books we choose?
1: (laughs) How do we choose? Yeah. How
0: do How do we come up with them? People want to know how they How we do that.
1: Well, I. I know that I look on some of the best-selling lists and also I go, the other day I went into a bookstore and I was just looking through all the books and I tend to go to the self-help section a lot and look at all (laughs) of the books there in that section. And I just have a look at the covers and I read through the covers and the backs Um, and often as well, like I listen to Audible. So on Audible, they have a lot of recommendations based on what you've already listened to. Um, And we also see some on Instagram stories and we talk to friends and, that we, it's a lot of areas that we get ideas from and inspiration from for our book ideas.
0: So, with these books, I'm fairly certain mm-hmm. all six you can do on Audible or a yeah, paperback. I haven't checked, paperback. but I'm pretty yeah. sure you can. So, yeah. so, regardless of what you do, whether it's you drive to work and you listen to the book and you consume it that way <clears> or you read the paperback um, in your own time, that's that. Which of the six are you looking forward to most, Steph? Me? Yeah.
1: Um, well, so I've already listened to Atomic Habits, And also Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So, I'm looking forward to re-listening to those two and re-reading those two. The one I really Mm. want to read is Breathe. That's something that really... But also Homo Deus as well. So, there's... I I mean, lots of them. I want to read all of them. That's why I would pick them. (laughs) But but I'm um, I'm really looking forward to Breathe and Homo Deus. They're the two that I'm mostly looking forward to, I think. How about you? Which ones do you want to read the most? Uh, um,
0: I'm... I think that Atomic Habits because I've heard so much about it, yeah. but I I don't have no idea what it's about. So mm. I'm just looking forward to that. And then yeah, Homo Deus because that other one, the first book, which is part one of it, which is Sapiens, which talks about how it talks about human evolution. Mm. And this Homo Deus talks about uh, pretty much the impact of technology on our lives mm. and how it's. Change the way our brains have developed and everything else yeah i'm giving it i'm i'm butchering this the summary of it but there's, there's that there's that yep. element in there which is which is really interesting, but i don't want to spoil too much of it because i want ever I want our listeners to to read them and and, and enjoy them but I think the next mm. We're not sure what the next one will be is, but we will let you know. Um, so, that's going to be really exciting. So, yeah, just chip away at those at your own pace. Choose whichever mm-hmm. one you, interests you. We'll let you know in the new year what the next one is. Yep. So, this episode's kind of like a nice little conclusion for us as we get ready for next year. And uh, the gym's closed at the moment. So, we, I'm just kind of relaxing and enjoying my time as much as we can. So enjoying we're just... your
1: sleep-ins, more like it.
0: A... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> we just want to try and, you know... Make it make a a nice little wrap up for the year as Steph mentioned. So, hmm. with 2020, the uh, obviously a crazy year, but 24 episodes of the podcast, we something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Never did it. It's almost I had no six idea what worth. I was doing. Uh, had some time. awesome guests. Yeah. Um, you know, from interstate people to you know just. Some you know Damien who's in, in sunshine, yeah uh, yeah, we've had some a really cool year when when you think about it that first lockdown was was pretty it was really lost. hard yeah. yeah We didn't but didn't we also
1: I think we used the second lockdown more than we did the first lockdown oh, the first for lockdown sure. we were kind of like I don't think it felt like it was real the fact that we weren't going to be going back to work for a while. we sort of we were really hopeful and really positive, and we we're just like, oh, surely they can't extend it, surely they can't keep going and then they did. And, um, then we reopened for those two weeks in June and then we had to shut again. And so as soon as we shut down again, you and I were both like, right, let's do it. What are we going to do? We need to get a plan together. We we can't go through another three months of, you know, we don't want to do nothing. Yeah, was- Not that we did nothing the first lockdown, yeah. but we were just like really motivated to see what we could do and see what we could achieve and, that's the podcast came out of it so
0: yeah and we chose uh we made wired af
1: we did <laughs> and then with the first episode like oh, we've learned so much from the first one oh to my now, God. And, and our
0: listeners that have followed us since the beginning have probably realized that if they listen to the first one and then they you know experience the last couple mm. that we've done with guests and, and whatnot mm-hmm. but uh yeah for sure it's been a really cool experience very lucky Uh, And then, yeah, even just like from online classes for our our members and just, it just felt surreal. I think that the biggest thing was, yeah, just not, just kind of getting a plan straight away. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's, it's so challenging, like how, how are you meant to plan going forward? And that's something that we're going to discuss for in later in in the episode is, you know, how can you uh, work towards a successful 2021 and there's been some things that, there's some really cool things that are applicable to everyone in that line of champions and people will be able to take those points away today.
1: That's the one that you're reading at the moment, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's something that I wish I had in my bag, in my training bag forever. I think uh, I wish I had it so much long, longer ago when I was training because there's so many things in there, like when it talks about, you know... Um, how to reflect on your performance, uh, if you get anxious before a comp, how to deal with nerves how to um, there 's one quote in there, and it 's like uh you know if you get butterflies in your stomach, it's talking about mm. that and it's saying how yeah. um, let your butterflies fly in formation mm. and it 's just about you know using the anxiety or using the nerves that you have efficiently like to your advantage uh, yeah almost. yeah, yeah, exactly, and trying to make you know trying to make the most of it yeah so there 's been some really awesome things, but we 'll talk more about that later. Mm. But yeah, it's um it's been an interesting year. Yeah. And then obviously I've got some questions for Steph now, so I'm just gonna Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna ready. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through those. So obviously, you know, Steph's completed her osteo studies mm. and now you've done five years and you're a qualified osteo. Yeah. What can people expect from your osteo treatments?
1: From my osteo treatments. Yeah, yeah. In,
0: in in January. What can people expect from that?
1: Yep. So um, with any osteo treatment, whenever someone comes in, uh, we will start with a case history. So I'll be asking them lots of questions about why they're coming in. Um, and usually the first time me taking their case history and basically just learning about them, asking them a lot of questions. Um, it's fairly extensive and I try and be pretty thorough, so it might feel like perhaps that's, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the appointment, but it's really important information that I'll try and get to know from people, um, you know, about their injury, whatever, or whatever they've come in for. Sometimes people don't always come in with an injury, but often, more often than not, they do. Um, so I'll ask a lot of questions about that and just about their health in general. And that's to give me an idea of firstly, what I think's going on and also, The other factors in their life that I think might be contributing to their pain or that might contribute to their recovery or delay of recovery, for example. So that's the first thing is I'll take their their history and ask them a lot of questions about themselves. Then after that, I'll do some kind of assessment. So I'll ask them to to perform some movements um, just so I can see how they're moving and see what their body's looking like. Um, and then I'll ask them to do some specific tests as well for the region that they've got a concern with. So um, there are lots of specific tests or special tests that we learn. I learned at uni and physios use them as well. I'm sure chiros do also, but I'm not, I don't know as much about Cairo, But um, we use special tests to sort of determine what we think is going on um, and form a bit more of a working diagnosis for that person. Um, then after we've done that and we've sort of come up with what I think is going on, um, then I'll offer a treatment. And so for me, I like to do manual therapy, uh, which could involve perhaps some massage, um, perhaps some joint mobilisation. So we call the joint mobilisation articulation. And we've also got a few other techniques we can use, such as MET, counter strain. We can do um, adjustments as well, like what often people... I guess, associate chiropractic with, we can do neck and spine and also extremity adjustments. So we can do that. If that's something that the patient, or we think that the patient might benefit from, we will often recommend it. Um, And it's a, it's a process that we kind of collaborate together, myself and the patient. I'll let them know what I think is appropriate in forms of a manual therapy treatment. And then they'll say yes or no if they're confident with that. Um, but usually they just kind of let me do what I'm going to do. And then once we've done all of that and we've sort of worked out what's what muscles or what areas are a bit of an area of concern, then I'll come up with some sort of management plan for them. So I'll let them know, okay, well, you know, we've done this today in your treatment. I need you to do these exercises at home. I need you to do these stretches at home. Um, how long they can expect to come in and see me for. Often I'll recommend uh, clinical Pilates or some sort of rehab exercise at home um, and just give them general advice on what I think they can do to improve their well-being and improve their injury. So that is basically what a osteo treatment would involve.
0: It sounds awesome. It sounds like I'm not even injured, but I want that. <laughs> you want to be injured. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want that experience. Yeah. But I'm very lucky. Steph treats me regularly, so yeah. she's been practicing on me the last, <laughs> Last four or five years,
1: I got all my bad treatments. Where are, you, where are you going to
0: be working? Where can people find you?
1: <laughs> yep. So the practice that I'm working at is in Eltham. It's called Gateway Osteopathy and Pilates. Uh, it's on Main Road in Altham. There's a website, Gateway Osteopathy and Pilates. There's also on Instagram as well. You can follow them um, at Gateway Osteopathy. So
0: there's also you mentioned just briefly Pilates. Mm. You you're you started working there. Uh, by taking clinical Pilates. Yep. Can you tell us about clinical Pilates and how that's different from reformer Pilates for those who don't know? Yeah. So reformer is like that uh, the class-based, mm-hmm. well, they're both class-based structures, yes. but the one is more like fitness-based and other people exactly. s- s- align the other one yeah. with more rehab. Can you just explain to our listeners the difference between clinical and reformer? Yeah,
1: so Pilates, there are a lot of types of Pilates out there. Often people, when they see the word Pilates, they automatically think of the rehab clinical Pilates. Well, I think of Matt um, now
0: because you've burnt it into our brain. In lockdown yeah, in well, Zoom that's the classes. thing.
1: Our members have done a lot of mat Pilates and I'm sure a lot of people as well have done a lot of mat Pilates online and that's where you just use your own body weight on the floor, usually on a mat, if you've got a mat, um, and that's just using your own body weight to do basically exercises, which we'll call Pilates exercises. Um, With reformer classes, so I also teach reformer Pilates classes, and they're more dynamic, fitness-based. So what that means is it's a full body, it's fast-paced, we do it to music, everyone in the class does the same thing at the same time. Um, So there's usually 10 people in the classes I teach, and the goal is basically to get a full-body workout, And it's definitely more along the lines of like a group fitness class. It's still lower intensity than say, if you were to go to the gym and do like a body pump or body attack, like a lot of people used to do back in the day. So it's still lower intensity than that. And there's still the concepts of Pilates, such as breathing alignment and posture that are important. But in that dynamic fitness reformer class, our goal is to give you a workout. And to feel like you've done something to get your heart rate up. And I usually recommend those classes for people who aren't injured um, or who have minor injuries. Whereas clinical Pilates, which is what a lot of physiotherapies will run, physiotherapists will run. That's all right. And osteopaths as well now. It's becoming much more popular. Um, It is more rehabilitation based or the people who come in, come in with a goal. So usually they'll say, okay, I've had this lower back pain in the past and I really want to get a handle on it. And usually they just come once a week. Sometimes I'll do twice a week, but it's very specific for them. I only have four people in the class, sometimes less, and everyone's working on something different. So we have a lot of different equipment as well. It's not just a reformer. There's a reformer, the trapeze table, uh, there's a there's a wonder chair as well which I love. A wonder chair. There's a barrel. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's actually so cool. You can do so much so many things with all these different types of equipment and then there's mat as well. And it's very it's a lot slower paced. Um well, everyone's much, working on their own
0: rehab plans as yeah, such. And you're, and you're there to make notes and make, make sure exactly. that they're progressing so you can work on what movements they need in the exactly. future. Is that right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, if, you know, for a lot of people, we're work- if they've got lower back issues, we're working on that lumbar pelvic control. We're also working on their core strength and usually their spine mobility as well. So that'll be some key areas that we'll try and work on. And then we'll do some kind of activation of particular muscles also. So... That's what I try and do with my clinical Pilates people. It's that's really, the main difference, yeah.
0: It's really interesting because you've kind of had a different approach to how you'll probably treat people, mm. which is kind of like an upside down um, way that other people would treat, which is you've, or well, you're 30 and you've completed your degree, mm. whereas most people would be um, early 20s, yeah, yeah, and not have completed a PT course, not treated, not worked as a PT, yeah. a personal trainer, not uh, done their Pilates um, certificate, not t- taught Pilates or clinical Pilates, mm. not comp- being a professional athlete, an international athlete in Taekwondo <laughs> and not competed in sports like Olympic weightlifting or, or nor coached it yeah. um, or ran seminars. Mm. And you've done all those things. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to treat people, so yeah. you've got quite a bit of experience, and I think that's what people are probably most excited because people want someone that is they under, that understands them yeah, so the I think that one of the biggest things with with you that's going to be um probably your your greatest asset is people will immediately feel um trust and confidence when they come to you because they know that. Oh well, Steph knows what I do. Mm. There's nothing more frustrating than going to the GP and telling them what you do, and or what or anyone or a health professional, and you say, "Oh, I do deadlifts," and they look at you funny, and they're like, Oh it's- They don't know what deadlifts are, or Or they
1: tell you not to do them,
0: or 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 they don't know what a back squat is, or a front squat is, or what a thruster is, or Mm. what a clean and jerk is, especially like the Olympic weightlifting movements as well. And there's a lot of people that do all those things that and that want treatment, or they don't, or you know, people will say CrossFit and people will kind of get scared, or but really, there's nothing to be scared about. So it's um it's going to be really interesting to to have that uh person like yourself to mm. to treat those people so would you say that that's had a big impact on how how you're going to be treating people in the future or, or imagine you you there was a 23 version of yourself that didn't have all those life experiences to now
1: yeah I'd just be totally different. Like I don't think that I would be um, the practitioner or the person that I am now without having done my fitness course and all my experiences being an athlete as well. You know, I've, I I feel really um, lucky that I've been able to experience all those things, but also the path that I've, you know, the path that I've walked, it led me to osteo in the first place. You know, I started with personal training. I started as an athlete and then, I was like, I wanted to offer more for people. And now I can do that. I can actually offer more for people. And I think my approach as well to treating someone, yes, I like to educate them. And yes, I do like providing manual therapy because I think it has its benefits. Um, just hands on touch. Sometimes people can really respond to and really, you know, relax really well. And they, it does build that trust as well with someone when you put your hands on them and you're treating them and you're being therapeutic for them. But I also really believe in movement as therapy and exercise, any exercise, whatever it is. And that's, I think, one of my areas that I have a lot of knowledge in and a lot of expertise is exercise and movement because I've been in so many areas of exercise. Like I haven't just specialized in weightlifting. I haven't just done martial arts. I've done so many different types of exercise. It's it's ridiculous. So I feel really confident giving people exercise as therapy for them almost. Um, And I really believe in it. I think that you can get really amazing results for people. And it's something that they can do and they can take ownership of. Um, And it's something they can always do. It's not, you know, it's not like you can only do that if you're 20 – You can do exercise until you're, you know, 90, 100. It's just going to look a little bit different. That's all it is. That's why Pilates is so great too because you can modify things to make it more challenging for someone who is in their 20s or who's an athlete or you can make it really basic for someone who's, say, 90 and they've, you know, a bit of a fall risk so you just change it a little bit. And then I've got that CrossFit background too where they focus on functional movement, their whole – their whole philosophy is functional movement, which is what I want to try and get a patient to do. If I'm going to give them an exercise, I want to make sure it's specific to them and specific to improve improving the functions that they struggle with. So if someone can't sit up and down from a chair, I'm going to give them a movement that's going to prepare them for that and make that better for them. So yeah, it's, um, everything's led me to where I am now. I'm really excited to be treating next year and... Yeah, I think there's going to be so many amazing things happening.
0: That was pretty much my next question. Was yeah. out of out of us on a scale of uh, of one to ten, where one is going back into lockdown and ten is going out of lockdown. How excited are you to treat people?
1: <laughs> ten, obviously. Yeah. Ten, getting out of lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited. That's awesome. I just feel really ready, and I think I have a lot to offer people, and I want to help people and want to offer that for them.
0: That's exciting. Yeah.
1: Is that all the questions you have for me? Yeah, that's all I had. Sorry. They were amazing. I love those questions. Yeah, that's good. I have questions for you too. Oh, shit. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I guess the first thing I was going to say was what was your favorite things that happened this year?
0: My favorite thing?
1: Thing or things?
0: Things. Oh, I know we spoke about it before, but I'm really enjoying the podcast. So, I just feel like the the gym itself, uh, maybe just the online seminars that we did, I think that kind of got us to a new reach and people definitely found out about us and we did that we also did that weightlifting ebook that free one where people could download it and and just get to know us and we could just kind of offer something to people and and show that we exist that was something that we did that was pretty cool Mm. yeah there's been a bunch of awesome things that even just like you know i did the youtube video with josh young um yeah. and we talked about you know the movements that he can do in in the wheelchair and yeah. and how and how inspiring that some people found that really inspiring it's mm-hmm. been the most successful video i've done yeah <laughs> and it just continues people just continue to keep watching it and it's really interesting mm. so yeah that was pretty pretty awesome mm. um yeah it's it's been a crazy year but i think we've definitely i i definitely think we've made the most of it
1: mm. And then as a gym owner, what do you think the biggest struggle has been this year? I mean, I know that it's been really hard to sort of keep your community engaged. What do you think has been the biggest struggle for you that you've overcome?
0: The biggest struggle? Oh, I think we just kind of know now how awesome our members are more than ever. So mm. I think that's probably one thing that if we didn't have them, I think it would be it would have been really hard. But I think, I don't know if we've had, it was definitely challenging as far as, you know, trying to work out well what are we gonna do if we can't just do classes? The physical gym isn't the only part of our business. Just because we have a, a physical place that we can um operate out of doesn't really mean anything anymore. It's just kinda mm. like the hub. And yeah. that's how I wanna try and uh make a cardi fitness, is that's the hub. So AF is is the place that we run things, it's the place where we do the seminars. Uh, it might be the place that we we record and film the podcast for next year. It might not be, but it's still just that's our hub. And then we've just been trying to. I think because before one of the the biggest things was oh well, when we lost that it was like well we lost everything, mm-hmm. and that was something that I struggled with in the first lockdown was oh well if we can't legally go to the gym and operate well what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, we have trying to ha- we've had to try to change our change our mindset and and know that you know the gyms a hub. The online place is is unlimited. We have unlimited space online. There's heaps of heaps of room for us, and we can keep growing that. And that's what we've, what we've tried to do. So yeah, from just those online seminars to yeah running the running the workshops, doing the podcast, you know me doing the blog, them you know there's all 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 different things that um, that we can work on to to create this like you know perception. I was telling uh, Steph's cousin how big the gym was, and it's like, what? It's only telling you you know 100 200 squares but they people give the perception online that it's it's this massive place and it's got all these things going on and that's and it does but it's that's something that I think um
1: it's a lot of it's a smaller physical space than what people yeah, think yeah yeah the physical place we, we doesn't wanna, matter anymore yeah it doesn't we just want to have that big online presence don't yeah, we? Yeah well, yeah well well that's
0: something that we've been trying to work on and <laughs> and our our biggest issue has always been us getting our name out there yeah. and that's something that um I've struggled with a lot in the past, but I think it's definitely trending in the right direction.
1: Mm. And then obviously it's been really difficult to train and you're lucky that in some, during some parts throughout the year, you've seen Bill still been able to train at the gym because it's your gym, so you've been legally allowed to do that. But there was also times where you weren't allowed to do that and you were training from home. As an athlete, how did you get through this year with training and how has it sort of changed what you're doing now with your training?
0: Yeah, I definitely hated it, uh, training at home. <laughs> but I was definitely lucky enough to like to be still be able to do that. Um because the only thing that I was going through in my mind was it's just a waste to have this this place but not be able to use it. So it was very frustrating. But um yeah, there was it was quite it was probably more mentally challenging. So I did I did really, really well in the first I guess the first three quarters of the year. Uh, with, with weightlifting. Um, mm. I did a lot of PBs. I cleaned 160 for two reps. I, I did, pretty much did all my old PBs for, for two reps. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I managed to, you know, keep improving with my strength and, and all those things. And and I never really slowed down as as far as that was concerned. And I think just having Goran and having the program got me through a fair bit. And that was probably the most important thing. Like, you know, well, there was a time when we did online PTs with Goran and that was, like, was good for... Well, it lasted, and then I think I just needed um i just needed like friends to train with at at mm. some point it's it's just gets like it's just too much it's just it's just you can only do so much by yourself and you can, you get in your own head and so that was pretty it was pretty challenging and then yeah but I think for the most part, I did quite well considering th- it was definitely something that I never want to do again as far mm. as that that whole that whole lockdown period or that you know, not being able to train at the gym and not being able to have friends with you to train. It sounds simple, It sounds simple, but when you're trying, it sounds, sounds easy, but when you're trying to, to improve in weightlifting, it can be hard even when you're in the best environment mm. and then to be in a really shit environment where you have all these like mental stresses and all these other things that's like um, distracting you, all these distractions yeah. and it's really noisy, uh, it can be really hard to to even execute the technique correctly. And so, I think if I was to do it all over again, I would just, you know, put the weightlifting aside and just focus purely on strength and just do the movements that, I, that I'm enjoying, which is what I'm doing now.
1: Yeah, well, because you're getting more into powerlifting now as well, aren't you?
0: I am. So, something that we discussed last with, with Auntie, which was in the podcast with him, um, which was two episodes ago, mm-hmm. uh, Aunt Azma, where we talked about how you need to have an off season yeah so my off season is now <laughs> and i can't I haven't even seen the weightlifting calendar because i don't know i just haven't it hasn't interested me because i've been so focused and and so much enjoyment is going into my training now so you would have seen i put out a video with zach who's Steph's brother and mm. and zach and i and mario all three of us are doing the uh powerlifting comp in march and so my off season you know, I used to think, oh, well, in weightlifting, there's no off-season. Uh You just got to keep grinding all year round. And, and to a degree, yeah, you will, but you won't be doing weightlifting to improve. You can do many other things to improve in weightlifting. Mm. It doesn't just have to be that. So, sometimes, you know, when you come back from a holiday and you, you somehow lift really well or PB, when you come back straight from a holiday, you haven't <laughs> trained, it's probably because your mind was really clouded and it was really hard to just do the things that you needed to do back then. Yeah. So, this has given me exactly that. So, I have a lot of enjoyment for training. I'm enjoying being a beginner and learning how to do bench. Yeah. My bench is so bad mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying that. And yeah, so that's kind of how what I'm kind of enjoying. I'm not transitioning into it as such. It's just a new skill that I'm working on yeah. because I need that time to work on something else. And then when I come back to weightlifting, it'll be so much more enjoyable and so much more fresh and this isn't to say that uh, weightlifting... Because weightlifting is so much harder than than powerlifting for me. Yeah. Because powerlifting, all I have to do is squat and deadlift and pick the bar up. And yep. it's so easy. I don't even have to do a clean pull. I don't have to do a snatch. I don't have to do anything like that mm. where I have to think, set up, be really explosive and be fast. Yep. And, and it's so much easier and so much more fun at the moment <laughs> it is, for me. It? Yeah. But, uh, but I am missing weightlifting, which is what I want. I really want to miss it so that when I come back to it, I'll be really hungry and I'll want mm. to snatch 140 and I'll want to clean jerk um, yeah. over 160 and I'll want to do those PBs because without that hunger, it's so hard to improve in this sport.
1: Yeah. So just quickly, for people who don't know the difference between weightlifting and powerlifting... Probably should have mentioned when that we, before. That's okay because we talk about it all the time and I'm not sure that everyone who listens is maybe into weightlifting or powerlifting. No, they probably don't understand it, no. So for those of you that... Um, When, when we talk about weightlifting, Brandon and I, we're talking about Olympic weightlifting, which is the snatch and clean and jerk. And when we talk about, so weightlifting is also known as Olympic weightlifting. If we're talking about powerlifting, that's different. That's the deadlift, bench press and squat. Yes. And that's, I guess, more popular, perhaps Olympic weightlifting, not quite as popular, but it's kind of been made more popular from CrossFit in the last 10 years or so. Yeah. So, um, both movements are still strength movements, but Olympic weightlifting or weightlifting, that one's typically more explosive, um, more speed, and also much more technical. They've
0: got the wrong names.
1: They do, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because powerlifting, it's, um, you can kind of grind well, through slower. the movements a bit more. Should it's be called strength slower. lifting. Yeah. It's it's very much a pure strength sport, although Olympic weightlifting is also a strength sport, powerlifting is a strength sport too, but it's not as explosive, whereas Olympic weightlifting, way more explosive, way more technical. You have to be very mobile and flexible to get into particular positions. If you look the videos up on YouTube you'll you'll see what we mean um Olympic weightlifting versus powerlifting and you'll sort of get a bit more of an understanding so hopefully that clarifies things if you weren't sure what we were talking about there yeah.
0: <laughs> Get up to speed
1: <laughs> There we go now we're all on the same level
0: <laughs> So yeah that's that's something that I'm really enjoying and then mm. yeah hopefully I can chip away at some of the mm. goals that I want to achieve in in those in those uh lifts so yeah. Hopefully, if I can squat 240 by March, should be good with some specific training and then deadlift... Anything over two fifty will be yeah. great, and then your brother's really strong. He is strong, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do. And then Mario keeps saying he wants to do a hundred squat, a hundred deadlift, and a hundred bench. He just wants to do a hundred <laughs> in each. <laughs> no matter who asks him that's what he's true. trying to do, <laughs> uh, but he won't. He won't do that. He was he was doing deadlifts on a hundred for like ten reps, eight reps the other day. So he'll be he, <laughs> he'll be doing he, way more. Than that he'll he'll I hope so. And so he should. <laughs> he will. He's he, he's too strong. Yeah. But uh, mm. that's great. Now. Do you have any other questions for me? Or is no, that-, that was all my questions. You happy? Excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Now, as we look to 2021, mm. we want to leave you with one, or oh, I guess a few questions. Well, it's one little piece, but it's five questions that you can use to guide yourself where you're, um, when you're making new goals. Yep. So, these are the things. Um, I took this from the book, Mind of Champions, and I encourage you to read that. So, the first one is, is my goal specific? So this pretty much means: Do can you actually explain to someone in about five words what you're trying to achieve? The more simply you can explain something, the more the greater you'll understand it, and the, and the better you're going to be able to, or the, the easier it is to achieve. So if you have a really general goal, like I want to be healthier, well, that could
1: mean so many it, things.
0: It can be misinterpreted, and yeah. everyone will have their own way of of um, explaining that to someone.
1: But also, it means you can change your definition of healthier throughout the year. Yes. So you need to make it a bit more clear like I want to eat five different vegetables per day every day of the week. Exactly. That is a specific goal.
0: The, sp- the more specific you can make it, the easier it will be to achieve it. Yes. So th- that's something that... Because well,
1: you either did it or you didn't.
0: Exactly. It's e- it's easy. Yeah. Uh, well, it's easier to explain it yes. as well. That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, the next is, is my goal measurable? So... There's nothing worse than people telling me in class, oh, I feel like I'm going backwards. And this is really hard to explain to people, but you can't measure your technique. But I'll try to explain them. Explain to them that the technique's improving, the speed's improving. Not always can you measure these things. Mm. So, you want to have a goal that you can easily measure. For example, can you lift heavier or... Um,
1: can you do more reps?
0: Or if you do, you know, skin folds, have your skin folds decreased? Have your measurements mm. decreased or increased? Yeah. Um, have you gained muscle or have you not gained muscle? Have something objective. Something e- something that's really easily measured. Yes. Uh, and that's something that's really important in a goal because it's otherwise, how do you know if you're improving? Yeah. So the, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to show you that you're improving, but you need something objective because there'll be days where you'll be lost and you won't mm. know if you're getting towards your goal. Um, but yeah, having something that's measurable would be really yeah. easy.
1: Something really simple as well that I think is quite good. And it's, I'm going to train on five days of the week. Yeah. Or I'm going to exercise on five days of the week. And you just have a calendar. You tick off the five days as you go. And then you can see: well, did I do five days? Yes or no. Great. I hit my goal or I didn't. Yeah. So, so these goals like aren't always, so easy.
0: Yeah. These goals aren't just like increase weight or yeah. lose weight. These are, there's, there's more to life than just those two things yeah. They're yeah, exactly. As Steph said, uh, did I make it to training three days in a row? Or did I arrive to training 10 minutes early so I can practice mm. on my pull-ups three days of the week?
1: Did I do 10,000 steps today? You know, like you just, you can make it whatever you need to make it as long as it's obviously, obviously specific to you and as long as you've got a something measurable about that goal.
0: Next one, is my goal positive? So, I like this. This so is good. This isn't the smart goal system. This is a little bit different. This is something that I think is a lot more... Uh, I don't know, I think a lot more enjoyable way of, mm. of looking at your goals. Yep. So, is my goal positive? So, this is something that I've been trying to work on and rather than trying to like look at my weightlifting and trying to grind out things is, you know, with myself, I'm looking at, well, am I enjoying training? Or mm. and, and and is what I'm doing going to um, make me want to continue training in the future and want to work yeah. on all these skills that I, that I want to improve on? So, <laughs> something as simple as, well, whether it's if your goal is to read all six of the books that we want to read, Mm. that's definitely a positive goal. I think so. Because you're going to be getting some learning and and there's going to be quite a lot of self-development out of those goals. So looking at things like that rather than having like a oh, I want to lose five kilos in four days.
1: I was literally just thinking that. That's not a positive goal at all because, firstly, that's not particularly realistic. You're not going to be able to achieve that very easily. But also, that's crap because you're going to have to restrict your food so much. How is that a positive thing that's not very fun? It's (laughs) It's a very negative experience having to restrict your food and always put yourself down and think you need to lose weight. You know, it, your goal doesn't have to be to lose weight. Like if you if it is good for you, that's okay, each to their own, but it's not all about losing well, weight. Well, you might need to lose and, weight because
0: you might have something, um, some health problems that you need yeah. to address and that's yep. fine.
1: Or you may not need to lose weight and you might be fine just as you are and fit and healthy enough, but you just want to maybe feel a little bit better about yourself, but you don't have to make your goal a weight loss goal unless for health reasons you need to. It could be something more positive like, I am going to exercise this many days a week. I'm going to eat more vegetables and drink more water.
0: Which will end up in health. Which which makes it more positive
1: and will end up in a health response in your body.
0: So, you might lose weight as a result of that.
1: Yeah. So, we're looking at things with a positive spin, not a negative put yourself down kind of spin and making it enjoyable.
0: Next one is, is my goal inspiring? So, this one can be interpreted many different ways, but it's pretty much is, does this... that you want to achieve make you want to continue working on yourself or continue working on other goals as well. So, this pretty much sets you up for the future. So, motivation and inspiration are two different things. One, so motivation is something that will make you do something then and there and inspiration is something that you continue to do in the future without anyone trying to make you do something. So, inspiration is going to help you continue to achieve whatever goal you're trying to work on, whether it is, um, you know, keeping up with the book club, and then you'll go and choose other books on at your own volition that it you'll want to pick.
1: It always gets you excited to do things and like, it just keeps you interested. If it's not inspiring for you, then it's obviously not a good goal for you. It doesn't have to be inspiring for other people, but as long as it kind of creates that excitement and that, you know, you really, get, you really want to do it and you really want to keep exploring more options within that goal that you've created. That's what inspiring means to me, I think, is it gets you excited to do it.
0: It's a little bit more yeah. than, than motivation, I think. Yes, yeah. I think so too. They're two different things. Yeah. Next one or last one is, is my goal displayed? So... Can you see your goal written around, uh, is it in your phone, is it in your room, is it uh, near bedside table, is it anywhere that you can see it to remind you? Um, this can this can go either way. If it's a really important goal, you won't need reminding, mm-hmm. but if it's something that um, you just want to keep track of, then if you have a journal or a diary or your notes on your phone, then having your goal displayed is another great way to kind of, you know, Reinforce the decisions that you make, and and make sure that you're um, that you're working on them in the right way.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's very I, a lot of people do vision boards, and that's such a great way to display your goals. Um, and I never do I forget this about I them. Never, yeah, yeah, me too. And like your mum does them all the time. She oh does it. She's god, not, <laughs> she that la- well that's boards. probably
0: why she's so successful. Well,
1: that's the thing. But like you look at it, and it's just such a nice way to motivate and inspire yourself without just using that internal motivation, because if you see it, you're more likely to want to achieve it. I'm going to make a vision board in oh, the next few days, okay. i am decided, but I need to sit down and think about what my goals are going to be <laughs> first. Yeah, so I think we
0: we encourage all of, all of our listeners to do some goal setting for 2021, um, you know, whether it's one goal, whether it's it's something that people find really hard because I don't know if they genuinely sit down and, and think about what they want to work on for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, it's something that I encourage everyone to do and some people find it really hard. They're like, oh, I don't know what my goals are.
1: Maybe we should share what we would like to work on. This can be like our rough, what we're going to do. What Do you have some goals in mind, Brandon, of what you want to do? Oh,
0: I just have like, oh, I'm gonna make it up on the spot. I haven't done mine yet but I haven't either, but oh. like
1: what would you make yours if you like what's your idea? What do you think?
0: I think like a good goal would be to read twenty books this year.
1: that's a good one. that's one every two weeks every two and a half weeks, yeah, or so. I think that's that's yep.
0: that's realistic, yeah.
1: What about you? I want to read more books as well because that was my, just goal my goal last year. You just copied my goal. No, I was thinking it already. It was my goal last year. Everyone, heard it, everyone heard
0: it here first. You just copied <laughs> my, what I said.
1: Stop it. Get out of my head. <laughs> no, I, I actually want to read more books as okay. well. But rather than say more books, which is what I said last year... I'm actually gonna put a number on it. How many how well. many are you gonna read? Um, I don't know the number yet because I haven't <laughs> I haven't it. thought that far ahead. Oh my God. I, Twenty sounds like a lot to me. Does it? Yeah, it does. But also I almost kinda of want to push myself and say I'll read one book a week. So then this is that number. would be a really good like challenge, one book a week. Can you imagine? This
0: is another thing that they were talking about in the mine of book the mine of champions, and that's one of the reasons that I actually want to do this book with everyone is they were talking about how you should structure your goals and one of the things that they said was have gold silver and bronze
1: oh yes you told me about this this yeah. is amazing
0: so this is something that say for myself with the 20 books so 20 books is gold mm-hmm. uh, bronze is 18 and uh, sorry silver is 18 and bronze is 15 so
1: even if you don't get 20 books you still, still want meddled. bronze <laughs> you still metal. <meddled. laughs> it still gives you a positive mindset and the way a positive that you approach. should
0: yeah and the way that you should structure your goals is uh Bronze, silver, and gold. I so love that idea. At least you know that, well, and the way that you should do each one. So bronze is something that is semi-achievable, but you will have to work for it. Yep. Silver is a little bit harder, obviously second place, and then first place gold is something that's real, like almost overreaching. But if you got it, that's y- okay yeah. because that might be your next time you reset. It might be um, silver. And then you'll have a new goal that's something a little bit further. So, it's all about kind of like continuously pushing yourself, but it's still a success-oriented experience because you're still going to be getting bronze. You're still getting the middle. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, something that I think um, our listeners might really enjoy is is setting their goals up as bronze, silver, and gold and trying to structure those things like that. And that's how I've done my powerlifting one. That's what I've written on my board. I've got um, a bronze total, a gold a uh, silver total and a gold total, and there's those the lifts inside those um, sections. They're like, oh, well if I bench um, uh, bronze bench is one twenty, uh, silver bench is one thirty, and and gold bench is one forty. So yep. if I can do all those things, um, then at least you know it sets me up. If I get gold, awesome. I'm shooting for gold. I'm always yep. always aiming for that. But um, it's not I, a
1: fail or succeed kind of goal. It's no, a, it's not black and white. No, it's got little steps in there. I think that's a really great way to look at it, really positive. Yeah. Yep. So awesome. something
0: you guys might want to do. Anything you want to add, Steph?
1: No, I guess I get, we could just, you know, thank everyone for listening and hanging around and it's been really great to share our thoughts and experiences and knowledge with everyone and have some guests on here and we really hope that you guys are going to stick around and keep listening next year in a year that will hopefully be bigger and better than ever.
0: Yeah, more episodes for sure.
1: What do you mean, two a week? No, no. Said- <laughs> oh,
0: this year we only did 24 episodes, yeah, so hopefully we we'll do 52. The year. Yeah, I yeah. know. I'm just saying.
1: Next year we're going to do one a week. We it the same as this year, I'm just more.
0: <laughs> That's all right. Thanks so much for listening guys. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, 2020 and you're looking forward to next year. Uh, We'll see you guys in Season 2. We'll look forward to that. And hopefully, Josh will do some more intros for us. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.